You've tuned into Omega Church. We are a people hungry to encounter God through worship and His Word, being witnesses to the world around us. We pray this teaching blesses you and trust God will reveal Himself to you in a new way today. And if you need prayer for healing or breakthrough, or to find out more about Omega, head to our website or Facebook page through the links below. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Cool. We are going to study again 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 to 7. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now he is writing here, <coughs> specifically to the young people. So who is young? If you think you are young, raise your hand. <laughs> That's good. That's very good. Because it's basically your attitude, youngness, how young you are is your attitude. So, but the Jewish people would consider anybody who is up to 40 years as young. So I'm not, we are not Jewish, so we can, even if you're 50, 60, you can still be young. So don't worry about it. But the point here is, in the church, you, you have young people and you've got older people. So he says, it is the younger people who need to submit to the older people. They have to honor the older people. Now, this order has to be important in a church. In the context of a church, we need this order. If the order is not there, it will create chaos. So that's the reason why the word uh, he used here is um, young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. So the word, the word used here, who are older, the word older, is similar to the one he used in the beginning of the chapter. He says, to the elders among you, I appeal. That means... Be submissive to the elders. Elder can be anyone. Sometimes the church may have, well, now we are only a handful of people, but if the church grows, we may have elders. And elder may be a 20, 25-year-old guy, and there could be another man who is 50 or 60-year-old. But because he's appointed an elder, you'll have to submit when there's a directive comes. This is something about the future, not now, anyway. <laughs> the, but the truth is always true, that there has to be some kind of an order. Why only young men? He did not address anyone else there in, the, in this particular portion. Because they are the way, first ones who want to rebel. Who will rebel? The younger ones will try to rebel. So here he says, young guys, you have a lot of energy, but you need to submit to elders in the church. So that is the thing. Submissive to those who are older. Uh, and then he says, this is not just only for young people, but it's for everybody. So how, what does he say? All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. So now he says, first to young people, but then he says, no, not only young people, all of you. What, what should you do? You must clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Now that word used there, clothe yourselves, the Greek word is enkumbusaste. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but the word enkumbusaste, when you, when you look into the word, it basically means it has a connotation of a knot. K-N-O-T, not N-O-T. 
and not. So what Peter has in mind when he uses this particular enkumbusaste is he is remembering how Jesus tied uh, the cloth around his waist and then he began to wash the feet of the disciples. He ties himself with this cloth, white cloth. This is the attire of a servant. A servant in home. He will tie himself like this and then he'll begin to wash the feet of his master. But here Jesus, he ties the cloth around his waist and begins to wash the feet of the disciples. One by one, he goes to them, takes a basin of water, puts it under their feet, wash their feet and then takes the cloth and dries the feet. Where do you find that in the scripture? You find it in um, John's Gospel, chapter 13. The evening meal was in progress. And the devil had, see, this is a beautiful passage. When you go home, read again, John chapter 13. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted, undernote the word devil, already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus, underline the word Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father, underline the word Father, had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God. Who? Jesus. He's come from God, and was returning to God. For 30, 33 years, he came from God, lived on earth, he's returning to God. So he got up from the mill, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And then you read the whole thing, the whole passage. And then you see he comes to Peter. And when he comes to Peter, brings the basin under his feet. And Peter says, no, Lord. No, you cannot wash my feet. You are my master. You are rabbi. You are the son of the living God. You are so high, you cannot wash my feet. You cannot wash my feet. So you see there is humility in that, in those words. At the same time, you see pride. Where you see apparently seems like a humility, you see pride. People do not want to be washed. Do not want to be washed. Why? There's something within that resists the grace of God working in us. Jesus says, if you don't allow me to wash, you will not have part with me. He did not say part in me. He said part with me. You will not have any part with me. You will not be able to experience the grace of God unless you are washed in my blood, unless you allow my grace, my love to wash you, to sanctify you. You have no part with me. But the humility, where do we learn from? From the master. Being the creator. Everything visible, invisible realities are made by him. And yet, he is there as a servant with a cloth around his waist to minister to his disciples. No, that is, that, is, that is how you learn what humility is, by looking at the master, by imitating him. And we have to learn from him. 
And then Peter says, oh, if it is so important, then wash my hands, wash my head, give me a bath kind of a thing he talks. You know, we thank God for Peter. If he doesn't speak those words, we won't learn what is the full truth about being washed. He says, you're already clean. By the, you know, elsewhere he speaks, you're already clean, John chapter 17. You're clean by the words I have spoken to you. You're already clean by the words I have spoken to you. So if you're taking bath at home, when you walk down and come to the church, you don't need a bath again. Your feet are dirty, so your feet need to be washed. And then you'll be clean all over again. So as you walk about in this world, we need to be washed by the word of Jesus. We need to be washed by his grace, washed in his blood. We need to be washed by his mercy. That's the way to stay sane in this world that will drive us insane. That's to be, that is the way to live in this world safe from the devil. Think about it, son of God. And here in this picture, I told you to watch for these words. Um, the devil, Jesus, God the Father, everything is involved there. And if we ever want to understand the mystery of life, why we are suffering, why we are going through difficult times, why we are being put down, why we are being taken advantage of, you have secret here. Son of God has gone through everything that you go through in life. You can never outbeat him. He was misunderstood. He was maligned. And he has gone through everything. But when he tied that servant's robe around his waist, the towel, what does it mean? What does it mean? He was becoming a servant. He was saying, I am God, eternal. He who was, who is, who is to come. But at the same time, on earth when he walked, he's saying, I have become a servant. A servant who has got no rights of his own, who's going to die on the cross. So when he was tying the cloth, he was basically signing a warrant to his own death. To die on the cross. How, how beautiful, how powerful is it? So when Peter has gone through this experience, as he's writing about humility, he talks about these words. Clothe yourselves with humility. Now clothe yourselves, what does it mean? Make something one's own. Make something one's own. When you clothe yourself with humility, that means you are making humility part of you. You are making humility your garment. You are making humility um, an ornament. You are making humility as something that is characteristic of your life. When people look at you, they must see the humility in your life. Put on humility as a garment. Put on humility as a garment. Why? Because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. This he is quoting from the Proverbs, basically. Yeah, he's, he's quoting from the Proverbs, basically. Where is it gone? Yeah, Proverbs 3.34. That's where you find it. So, one of the ways you humble yourself is you have to have the mind like Christ. And with the mind like Christ means you serve people. To serve people. Sometimes it can take you to the cross. It can take you to the cross, many times. And if you are afraid of the cross, then we are not servants. If you are not servants, we are not doing the will of God. And we are not humble. Never pray and ask God to humble you. Why? 
if you ask god to humble you it will be devastating experience more it is it is it is not about god answering your prayer devil will answer your prayer because you are asking god to humble you devil will come and put difficulties on your life he'll bring ill health he will put weights that you cannot bear and you'll be crumb you'll crumble under the weight and you are thinking oh god i asked you to humble me and why am i going through so much of suffering god will say i did not ask you to pray that prayer and i did not answer your prayer either it's the devil who is answering your prayer don't ask god to humble you and what you should do you should humble yourself you should humble yourself not ask god to humble you this is something you do is not something you ask god to do for you many people suffer because of such prayers as people want to become hero by making such kind of prayers we heard about uh, one lady who who said god give me some difficult disease and next day she was diagnosed with a tumor in the brain next day <laughs> who does the answer who answers the prayer it's the devil who answers the prayer not god god will never put disease on you he never puts disease on you never sends an evil spirit upon you no because of our foolishness those things enter our life so humble yourselves therefore that's why he says he doesn't say ask god to humble you did, did he say no so for peter when he saw that thing when jesus took the uh, towel and tied it around his waist that reminded that we need to be clothed with humility a very powerful symbol very powerful symbol that's the reason why peter is able to write these things to us did peter learn the lesson when he refuses to be washed he says wash me give me a bath jesus says no you don't need that you just need to wash your feet has he learned the lesson no he had to be told again to take care of the sheep to tend this i have talked about last week he tell me he reminded him about it in john chapter 21 and then we think we have learned it learned the story he hasn't he'll go fishing again after the resurrection of jesus so the point i'm trying to make is we need to be committed to follow this jesus we need to be committed to be humble and if you are not humble then things will go in a different direction for us so humility is the virtue we need to grow in where else can we find about humility this towel that jesus tied around his waist how do you know he became humble how do you, how do we know that jesus is humbling himself you see in the philippians chapter 2 do nothing out of selfish ambition or empty pride but in humility consider others more important than yourselves each of you should look not only to your own interests but also to the interests of others so you need to care for yourself but much more care for your interests of others i tell you this principle that you that you see here god in his wisdom has given to each one of us but then think about the opportunity now we are let's say 30 40 of us sitting here how many of you are going to use this scripture and obey it in the context of someone else's life here no are you going to do it you are not going to do it but god in his wisdom he put something called a family husband wife children that's the first place where you will have opportunity to think about not about your not only about your interest but others interests mother does it for the children 
Most of the time, they don't grumble about children. But when it comes to husband, they will grumble. Same way with the husbands. They don't have problem with the children. They pour out their love on the children. But when it comes to the spouse, they resist it. God's idea is family, where he puts people to love one another unselfishly. We ought to become, we ought to be clothed with humility. That means the ability to serve as a servant. Have a mind of Christ to serve another person in the family. Husband to serve wife, wife to serve husband. This is the best place. We may not reach the whole world and serve everybody. Let's do it at least in the home. Why? That will transform that house. It will not be a house, it will become a home where love is, humility, respect, understanding. And I tell you, this is how God has designed it. He designed a family so that we will at least practice it in one place. If we can't reach the whole world, reach your family first. That's where we begin. In Isaiah chapter 52, verses 13 to 15, See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted, just as there were many who were appalled at him. His appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being, and his form marred beyond human likeness. He was crucified upon the cross. He was flogged. And when you look at that thing, when you look at Jesus upon the cross, you will not see a human being hanging on the cross. It's written here, not my words. That of any human being, and his form marred beyond human likeness. It must be a bunch of flesh hanging on the cross. He was beaten black and blue. There's no sound place anywhere. He suffered so much. So he will sprinkle many nations. Why? So he will sprinkle many nations with his own blood. And kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. So this is the power of it. And Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. What kind of mind is talking about? The mind of humility. Who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Now listen carefully. But emptied himself. What did he empty himself? Of all that is God. Whatever you say, this is the quality of God. He emptied himself of that. He became just a human being. And not only just a human being, he took the form of a servant, being made in human likeness. He became like a servant. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself. God did not humble him. Jesus humbled himself. That's how we have to understand. And he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So when, when Peter thinks about this uh, towel tied around his uh, waist, that is a symbol of Jesus. One who is God, emptying himself of everything called God. And then he becomes like a servant to die upon the cross. Even the horrible death on the cross. And how much he suffered. His figure was marred beyond recognition. You won't look at him and say he's a human being hanging on the cross. So much he suffered. So much he suffered. So that he can sprinkle that blood upon nations. So we come under that. Humble yourself, therefore, under the God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. You know, when you read these words, you will remember about Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. When he went to some place, a party, he saw Pharisees, Sadducees, all occupying important places. Everybody wants to take an important place. He said, when you go to such place, 
don't take up important place why the host may come to you and say someone more important than you has come can you please stand up and give room give chair to this man gentleman then what will happen you will be debased you will be humiliated before everybody but if you took a place that is insignificant and the host comes no 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 you must occupy a more important place please come and occupy this chair and give you honorable place you will be exalted in the eyes of everybody that's what peter has in his mind when he is talking about it he may lift you up in due time when you humble yourself he will lift you up in due time at the right time he will never ignore you he will never forget you at the right time he will lift you up and then important words cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you let's all read this together cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you very very important words to realize understand cast your cares cast your cares is like throw your cares in one sense but when you go deep into the meaning it is like depositing your money in the bank you deposit your anxiety deposit your worry in the presence of god at his feet cast your cares at his feet they are more safe there than in your heart they are more safe than in your in your hands when you learn to cast your care upon the lord he will sustain you he will never let the righteous be shaken he will protect you he will carry you see the the the, the word care when you look into the dictionary dictionary meaning word care is care is something that you do for someone by way of provide pro, provisions protection uh, care comfort everything you give it is his care is not your care and when you realize that your life is not your care and his care you will leave it at his feet if you leave it at his feet today what will happen tomorrow you will have less problem because you already left it yesterday and when you can learn to leave it yesterday you will learn to face today or if you learn to leave your burdens today at the feet of god you are learning to leave your cares tomorrow but if you hold on today that burden will increase next day you carry 10 kilos for 5 hours first few minutes it will be easy okay <laughs> but after the time passes by what happens the 10 kilos will look like 20 kilos then at some point you will think it is like a 50 kilos or a ton you are carrying why just you get tired the weight has not changed it's the same 10 kilos so the worry and anxiety is like that it keeps multiplying and becomes bigger and bigger and bigger as time passes by the best way you can deal with the worry is leave it at the feet of christ because he will sustain you he'll take care of you matthew chapter 6 verse 25 therefore i tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear is not life more than food and body more than clothes i will read for you that passage the beautiful passage from 6 25 onwards oh is that yeah 25 sorry i put the my thing in the wrong place 
Matthew 6. Oh yeah, that's a very powerful word. No one can teach better than Jesus. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? You read the words of Jesus. They will comfort you a lot. There was a time when I lost my mother and I was going to India for the, for the funeral. And one of the things the Lord spoke to me on the flight is, he said, who attends the funeral of a sparrow in the wilderness? If he dies in the forest, who attends his funeral? I. God said, I attend his funeral. You may be walking on the road and sometimes you see some bird that is dead and next day you see the bird still there but then the feathers are being blown here and there and another day you go, nothing will be seen, everything is blown off. But you may think, that bird has died and no one cared for it. But what? God's eye is on the sparrow. God's eye is on, on the sparrow. If a sparrow of no value, you may not have any value. And no one may show any value for a sparrow. But God shows value for the sparrow. And when I heard the words of the Lord in my spirit, saying, who attends the funeral of a sparrow? If it dies in the wilderness, I do attend. And I knew that God will be present at the funeral when I go, go home and reach home and partake in the funeral at my mother's funeral, I knew God will attend the funeral. A few more things the Lord spoke to me, I shared it. Every lady there sitting, the tears were flowing through their eyes. I knew the words I spoke are not my words, they're the words of Jesus. To comfort people, to encourage people. So fear, anxiety, all these things, let us learn to leave them at the feet of God. Why? He knows better how to deal with it. So don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about what you wear. It's very important. Very important. One of the things I personally struggled when I started the church is when I see on the YouTube the preachers, everybody, every time I see, they're wearing different suit every time. One time. They don't, they run out of colors. They, they use yellow color pink color, red color suit, green color suit. I said, why? Because they want to look different every time. They, they, they just want to let people know that they don't wear the same suits twice. <laughs> I tell you, I decided I will not try to look different every time. No, that's not my purpose at all. So I wear that. Today it's very cold, I thought, so I brought this one. Otherwise, you see me with the same black jacket every time. I said, I want to fight this tendency that one can be spiritual, one can serve God with one suit. I mean, don't find fault with me if I buy one more suit tomorrow. But I'm, what I'm trying to say is, my life is not centered around wearing new clothes, new suits every day. It's not my... I have decided that. To keep it to the minimum. Keep it to the minimum. Why? That shows you trust your God. That shows you trust your God. 
No, not more about it. I don't want to say more about it. So verse 31, do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear. Verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. If you have trouble, today's trouble, if you don't leave it at the feet of Christ, tomorrow's trouble will add up to it. But if you learn to leave it today, you will learn to leave it tomorrow. You got it? If you learn to handle these things to, today, if you learn to leave the worry, anxiety at the feet of Christ today, tomorrow you'll have less of it first. Secondly, you will learn to leave tomorrow's worries again at the feet of Christ and you'll be free. You'll be less burdened by those things. So this is how you do life. This is how you face life. This is how you do it. Thank you, Jesus. So let's come back to our scripture portion now. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him. Don't keep any anxiety, any worry in your own hands. Learn to put them at the feet of Christ. Learn to bring them to God. And when you bring them to God, He handles them well. And He will, even in uh, another place in Matthew, He says, All those are heavy and burdened, come. Who are weary by burdens, come. And take up my yoke. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. As you come to Him, you learn the secret of what it means to leave the burden with Jesus. And when you take his yoke, it will be light. When you take his yoke, yoke is discipline. When you take his discipline, when you take his words, as you begin to obey him, your burdens, your anxieties, your worries will fade away. It's very simple, but it's hard to practice. We have to try doing it. But let us not uh, forget today, one thing that I want every one of us to go home is put on. Clothe yourselves with humility. Make humility the mark of your life. Make humility the character of your life. Make humility the thing that people can talk about is your humility. Let them say, this man, this lady is a very humble lady. And when people talk about your humility, they are talking about the Christ-likeness in you. Only Christ is humble. So when they see humility, they see Christ in you. Not power, not display of power, not display of glory. But they will, when, you look, when they look at you and see humility, they say, no, that character of humility, that's what is important. They look like Christ. They look like Christ. So we need to have, we need to grow in this every day. And that's very, very important. And one of the things that you have to learn here is God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Here, opposes is a Military word. Military word is you bring all your defenses against. You will make your army stand against the oncoming, oncoming army. So everybody is with shields and uh, swords and everything, you know. It's like you fall like a wall. If you are proud, God will fight against you. Do you want God to fight against you? If you want God to fight against you, be proud. And if you don't want God to fight against you and bless you, to exalt you in the right time, humility is the way. 
humble and when you are humble you will serve you will be a servant and when you serve there is peace joy everything will come there unity of mind and everything comes in let's begin to do it in the family first and let's do it to others others as well because that is how you show christ in your life shall we pray father we thank you again for your word we thank you lord we need to imitate you thank you jesus we are to look like you and you being god you became like a servant emptied yourself all that is god and took on took the form of a servant even to die upon the cross we worship you we praise you we thank you lord lord i pray that that emptying may happen to us that we may empty ourselves of pride and we will fill with humility your quality of god holy spirit we invite you because this is something we cannot do in our strength but lord we can do with your help so i ask you holy spirit to come with power and fill our lungs fill our spirit fill our soul fill our body and fill our mind so that we will let the things go out of our hand and surrender our anxieties and worries at the feet of christ and lord be humble and let humility be our character let humility be the mark of our life let people recognize us by our humility to the glory of your name as we display this character we display your your your, your nature your power your wisdom your strength not weakness but your strength so i pray oh god that this humility will come upon us right now by the power of the holy ghost let us clothe ourselves with the humility right now make it our character make it our own the glory of the name of the father and the son we worship you jesus we bless your name magnify your name bless every one of your children this morning and let them go with this word clearly in their mind to be like you is to be humble to glorify your name bless each one of us may your presence go with us oh god i pray transform our families oh god i pray give us grace to touch our children our spouses by humility we're serving them like you to the glory of your name in jesus name we pray amen 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 thanks for joining us at omega if you need prayer for healing or breakthrough or simply to find out more please head to our website or facebook page in the links below